The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are on the road again at the Mercado Piedmontese, certified Piedmontese, just north of 84th and Havelock. And I tell you what, it is Rib Friday. We always have a theme here at the Mercado, and I, I, it is just phenomenal. I, I have the, the Schmidt roast ready to rock. Uh, prime rib for Thursday, short ribs for Thursday, and I have got the task for the next two hours of keeping it Nebraska football, not Notre Dame football. Woo! The fantastic coach is with me, old school average Joe throwback, Jim Hansen is, is shotgun today. Coach, it is awesome to see you. You're wearing red. You've got a some sort of green and gold uh, draped over your your chair dude we are here at the mercado certified piedmontese we are surrounded by all sorts of goodness beef oh my goodness it's what's for uh, breakfast lunch and dinner for every day for us for everything it, it, this is like christmas in every single day it's it is awesome i mean and i want to tell you something this was one of the one of the perks when I started working out at Sandhills is that in the break room, they've got these small little coolers that they fill up full of meat. And at, at that time, it was the package. It's not, it's not the beautiful meat that's sitting out out here and everything. It's the package. But I got some and I took it home. You know what? Not even I could screw up grilling it. And I grilled it up it's and so it good. was phenomenal. We had uh, ribeye last Friday. We had oh. New York strip last Friday. We've done kielbasa. Oh. We have done their, uh, their the Louisiana hot links that were on fire. Yummy. And uh, of course, uh, the regular beef brats. And listen, uh, are you tasked with a Thanksgiving side? Some of us are nodding our head. <laughs> uh, so when you when you Mull that over. Tell Mama, I've got it. And what you do is you come to the Mercado. They're open 10 to 7 every day and get those Thanksgiving sides handled. They've got Nana's Sicilian stuffing that is incredible. They have the beef, bacon, mac and cheese. We raved about the beef, bacon last week. Uh, They also have the Manhattan Roast. Uh, It's available in full and half-size roast. This roast is... Well, uh, it's fantastic. Turkey's fine. Turkey's wonderful. But it's time to to, to level up as brutal as 2020 has been. And go get yourself some uh, certified Piedmontese. We're here at the Mercado. Roadshow Friday. 
Rib Friday. Jim Hanson, Chris Schmidt, and Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Email chris at hailvarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Jimbo, are you on Twitter? I am. What's your What's your Twitter? Uh, Jim Hansen three. Jim Hansen three at Jim Hansen three. Yep. Yes, on I Twitter am. is where you find Jimbo. Hey, tell me this. Yeah. One. Have you ever done a turducken? I have always wanted to do the turducken, but I've never done the turducken. We Uncle Andy, my brother-in-law, Uncle Andy's the best. He brought over a giant bird, and what was it? Two three years ago, there was a sixty-five degree Thanksgiving day. Yes. Right. Yes. So uh, Uncle Andy brought over the bird. We threw it on my smoker. Uncle Andy also brought over the crown. <laughs> one or two? No, and he brought the bottle. I mean, one or two bottles. Just we, we, we didn't, well, we kind of got through one bottle. But point is, is our job was to make sure the, the bird was okay and getting smoked appropriately. So we started that thing at uh, 7 a.m., <laughs> Had a little bit of eggs and then, and then started babysitting. But no, I have not done the traducan, but it's something you got to do. Could you get a turkey and put one of these roasts inside of it? Ooh, what would we name it? The Hanson? I'm fine with me. Think about that for just a minute. You would be set. Oh, my goodness gracious. That, that'd be all right. Get out here. We're here till 6. And uh, also, give the Mercado a ring here with certified Piedmontese. You're getting off work. You want to just pop in and out. They can take your order. So if you want three uh, bone-in ribeyes, done. You want some of their legendary pork chops, done. You want a New York strip for real because it's 59 degrees out November 20th, done. So uh, there are all those things to do. Today is an important anniversary. Uh, Our friend Mitch Sherman with The Athletic has uh, uh, just an incredible story. Uh, Elijah me, and it's the 10-year anniversary to the infamous Nebraska-Texas A&M game, nine to six. I was with with uh, pharmacist Jeff. We were watching it at his place, and Levante played great. Burkhead played great. Uh, Ten, uh, what was it? 18 penalties, 145 yards. <laughs> And then uh, insanity ensued post-game with Bo, with Carl, uh, and the whole A&M and the conspiracy theories uh, are still thought of and talked about this day. We'll get into Nebraska, Illinois. We'll get into what we see Saturday from the Big Red. But what a game. Nebraska, they win that. They're 10-1. They're and one. And what happened? Blowing a 17-point lead to Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game still hurts. And then you get exiled back to rematch against Washington, back to the Holiday Bowl that you were just at. But uh, that was one of the better Nebraska teams with Prince and Levante and Crick and Bell and Anunwa. I mean, you had just a a boatload of talent uh, on that squad. Uh, Halu was there. You had a really good offensive line. Our old boy Searles was anchoring that as a redshirt freshman. They were dynamite, and they looked great. And wow, uh, what could have been. But, Jimbo, you know that game well, uh, and you know that it was a situation where, I mean, Polini still won't talk about it to this it, day. It is. And, and that was one of those games that you get done, 
at the end, you're at the end and you, you look at each other and you're like, did that really happen? Did that, did that take place? Did I just really watch that take place? That was a reenactment of, uh, remember the Titans where they're screwing the, uh, the assistant coach. <laughs> no kidding. The, you know, his chance of the Hall of Fame. You know. That's what it felt like. Answer me this. Do you think that that was one of the reasons of precipitating Nebraska looking at going out? They were already gone. No it, was, it was it was the final season of the Big Twelve. Yeah, but it was a nice Texas kick in the backside on the way out the door. Uh, that place was nuts. I remember talking with Zach Taylor about that because he was a GAA on the team because they beat Oklahoma, who was highly ranked that year, and they beat Nebraska. Sherman extended his contract, extended his job. Yeah, because I mean they had Von Miller, they had all those uh, first round offensive linemen. Uh, picks. They had Tanny Hill at quarterback. I mean, they, they were incredible. You look at the NFL guys that are pro bowlers, and uh, they were on that team, but they could never do better than six and six. Right. It, it right. felt like, but but that game still sticks in your craw. Elijah, how old were you back in 2010 with that game? Did you weep after that one like you did 09 Texas? No, not, not that one. Uh, I would have been 11 years old at the time. I still remember the game. It still hurt because uh, I remember Von Miller. He played in that game, correct? Yeah, yeah, you, you had Von Miller screaming off the edge, and it was awful to watch. Uh, and, and that was my scouting report whenever the Broncos drafted him number two overall like six months later, and I was super excited. That, that's my biggest memory from that game is the, uh, the Von Miller just dominating Searles. I shouldn't say dominating, uh, but Sir- he outmatched him. <laughs> Searles is going to find you and go whack-a-mole. I don't know that it was a domination. Uh, I mean, like... I'd compare it to Von Miller rushing in Searles. It's kind of like if Searles were attacking me. If you were going whack-a-mole on me, that, that's what it would be. He's kind of just outmatched. Oh, wow. I don't know. You know, Searles was a redshirt freshman that game. Von made his plays, yes. But it's not like he was in the backfield all day. Oh, it was no. It a 9-6 game for everybody. No, I'm, I'm just giving Searles a little shtick, but. Yeah. <laughs> What's that one commercial? You're going butch on him. That's <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> What's that one commercial where the guy's sitting at home and the NFL players chasing him through his house and all around? Or who was the the guy? Oh, with the, with the linebacker. With. Uh, yeah, the was it Ray? Was it, or does no, no, Ray no. do any endorsements? It, it's it's the new commercial where he's like, well, you have to get tackled by so and so is who it is. That's and your punishment. That's what's going to happen. To you got to figure that out. Well, yeah. well the, the original was the the Terry Tate office linebacker. Yeah, that was like the original one that this yeah. new one is based off of. <laughs> Whenever you had Terry yeah. Tate going around and just decking people in the uh, in the office, that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, Searles is coming for him, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we'll, uh, I, I've locked the door in the we'll, studio behind we'll me just in case. Up and the press box. Hey, uh, yeah, where's where's Elijah? Uh, you got one offensive lineman to another, I guess. Hanson, and, and thank you for for throwing that hand grenade, uh, Elijah. Good luck and God bless this weekend. <laughs> so we will get into a lot of things. Nebraska, Illinois. Uh, it's the 10-year anniversary to infamy in A&M. Derek Peterson's going to be with us here in about 10 minutes from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. The Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman at 5.05 with the Average Joe Sports Show reunion segment. That's true. That's true. And you know what today is? Championship Friday. It is. It, High it's not a Memorial Stadium. I know. I know. We will get there, and uh, also we will have the Friday forecast. Elijah will give his picks. I will have my thoughts. Hanson already has his sheet out in front of me. 
from a guy he knows that tends bar down uh, down the way. And, uh, of course, the infamous Clausborn, he's imaginary and he wears red. Clausborn will be with us. So uh, we are at the Mercado here, North 84th, just north of 84th and Havelock. Certified Piedmontese. Come get that Manhattan roast for Thanksgiving. Get the Thanksgiving Day sides. Uh, Nana's Sicilian stuffing. The uh, beef, bacon, mac and cheese is incredible. Jim, let's, let's do high school here real quick. I know C2 is going on. But the bigger worry and picture question as uh, a proud father of Junior, <laughs> who is now on the sidelines from, uh, from, from playing basketball through December 7th. Yeah. And you have LPS that's also on the sidelines through December 7th. You had to navigate that, this, and so did all the other Lincoln schools with COVID and football this year. It's awesome. There's a championship game tonight. What's your level of worry for basketball? Is it more maybe a pushback versus a, oh, no, we could not get a season? You know, it. Uh, first thing, I was so what, proud. What's, what's, what's your gut tell you? Well, I, I was so proud of what all of the coaches. I know, you know, Coach Carney uh, with our team, you know, he was uh, very much – involved in in doing everything correctly and it and it was a, a a very taxing year to make sure that we kept everybody safe um and healthy but you know all of the lincoln coaches did an outstanding job of doing that and um i've always said the entire year let professionals be professional and let them do their job and they all the Lincoln coaches, we played four of the Lincoln schools, and they all did an outstanding job this year to get their kids on the field and playing. And, you know, all those kids that were in the spring, the baseball, soccer, track, they would have loved to have been able to have their season, you know, win or lose. And even though we didn't have the season we wanted to have, um, every kid got a chance. We had a full season. We had a homecoming game. We had a senior night. Um, we played in the playoffs. It was it was great for our kids, and I was proud of how they responded. I was proud of our coaching staff and and everything, and all the people in town. And being able to navigate through a high school football season and have championship Friday here, um, even though it's not Memorial Stadium, it's still a great atmosphere for them. I really, truly think at some point they're going to have a high school basketball season and and winter sports season. What it's going to look like? Swimming and wrestling as well. Yep. Swimming, wrestling, basketball, it just may not be what we're used to in an unfamiliar year, obviously. Right. You know, basketball normally is like the longest season. It usually goes from November to March, you know, and you're constantly on the road. I don't think it's going to be that way. I, I think it's going to be a real limited amount of games, I think. I mean, I don't have any inside information. I just have a gut feeling that everybody's trying to get a handle on it. They Place, want to make sure Lincoln that people are safe. Lincoln will freak out if, if, if winter sports is punted. Right. It's been delayed, and you've seen the social media reaction like I have. Oh, my goodness gracious, yes. And I, and I know it's a high-wire act between – keeping people safe, social distancing, and then just staying out of enclosed areas. I, I, I get it, but... You know, I want to tell you one it's, thing. It's been ongoing. We've got about a minute till we got to get to break. We had 
we did Babe Ruth baseball this yeah, year, yeah. and I that, that was the went first great. thing back. It ba- did. Baseball went well. For and us parents too. were in tears saying, "Thank you. We needed this. We're in the same boat with basketball right now. Youth parents and and high school parents they need this. I mean, just to ha- keep that sanity and be able it's to about right. You know, have something normal." Mm-hmm. Jim Hansen is in, a uh, longtime assistant at Pius and uh, part of the Average Joe Sports Show original mafia. <laughs> he is here. We're at Piedmontese, certified Piedmontese, the Mercado, North 84th, where we're at. Elijah Herbal back at the studio. We'll check in with Derek Peterson, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, Talk Nebraska, Illinois. Come see us here. Some great specials for your Thanksgiving here at the Mercado. It's Hail Varsity. City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. There's that scene in Crocodile Dundee where uh, Crocodile Dundee is in the subway and somebody's going, you know, give me your money. And Crocodile Dundee says, that ain't a knife, mate. This is a knife. Well, Right now, Coach Hansen had uh, one of his fans hand him, what do we got here, a, a jalapeno cheddar brat. No, that ain't a brat. This is a beef brat. It's, it's cheddar. It's jalapeno. And you will quarantine after you eat them, Hansen, so you don't hurt anybody else. That is a true statement. I got Jordan Reed that's here. He's okay. working out here. Was our quarterback for our 4 state championship oh, great. team. Great option quarterback. So... I remember that 04 squad. It was a good squad. Awesome stuff. We welcome in the pride of Oklahoma. Does an amazing job covering Nebraska. Derek Peterson's with his head, Dr. PD HV on Twitter. Derek, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? I I have a a piece of beef jerky in front of me that I'm going to annihilate. It looks really, really good. Uh, We're just set up here at, at the Mercado again. And we're, we're ready to go, ready for some football this weekend. Uh, when you look at Nebraska, let's dive into the Big Red. You know, is Saturday a little bit about style points for you based on the defense they're supposed to be facing? No. <clears throat> no. Um, Nebraska's not in a place where it should be worried about <laughs> style points yet I, because – I think the most important thing that can come out of Saturday is just winning, regardless of what it looks like. If they can win, I called it on my podcast, a stackable performance. Um, just, just get momentum moving in the right direction for you. And, and I understand that if it's, <clears throat> if it's another 42, 34 game that looks similar to what the Illinois game looked like last year. Um, I understand that there's, there are probably going to be people that are going to be maybe annoyed with that or left wanting more. Um, but I, but I also just think, you know, they just got to figure out a way to get some wins. Um, and at, at this point, you know, whatever that looks like, it's worth it. Um, do I think that Nebraska could potentially kind of pull away from Illinois because of the defense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think that this this could be a game that's either really close. Um, the Illinois writer that I talked to yesterday thought that it would be close. Um, 
a small margin, which I could totally see, but I could also see Nebraska's defense continuing to to play the way they've played um, for, what, seven of the last eight quarters of football now um, and, and put the clients down early and the offense can, can find a little bit of rhythm. Um, yeah, I think I think it could be a game that isn't decided in the fourth quarter. <laughs> we haven't had a ton of those around here uh, recently. Um, but, you know, I think for Nebraska to be able to get there, I don't think it should be worried about style points. I think it should be worried about, um, you know, let's make sure that we're doing the things that we do well. And if it just takes care of business and it, and it you know, tries to establish the run, tries to play clean the way that they played cleaner a week ago, then I think you can get there. You know, the, the end result might still be the same, but I think you have to be um, – you have to be focused on like, okay, we have to make sure that what we do is is at the highest level that it can be before thinking like, okay, this is an Illinois team that doesn't have a very good defense. We're going to roll over them. That's when you start getting into problems. I don't think Nebraska is at a place where it can overlook anybody and think, you know, let's try to have 20 explosive plays or whatever, and let's try to, you know, have have highlight real plays up and down the field and get on the sports center. Derek, what I meant by style, and, and you're right. I mean, Nebraska can't, and I, I don't think will overlook anybody. I mean, last year's uh, still burned into their mind how they had to fight and claw to, to come back and win that one. From an offensive standpoint, do you think you'll see a broader game plan, or is it going to be okay. downhill no. running? Or is this the game because Illinois has been susceptible against the past that you see some more downfield that's uh, i'll be a little bit more clear and, and clarify with um taking some shots downfield that style yeah. uh, how nebraska okay. yeah. goes to work saturday do you think the offense will look and maybe experiment a little more or do you think they'll stick with let's just ground and pound and and do, and do our thing with the offensive line um they could sorry for misunderstanding you they could um, I think it kind of depends on how they feel about their wide receivers. Fine. I think it kind of depends on how they feel about their wide receivers. Now, remember, like this is going to be Luke McCaffrey's second start, um, and, and you know Frost says that that the offense runs exceptionally well with him in there, and then he, you know, he's been around for a year and a half now, or whatever it is, and um, you know he, he understands the playbook. If he didn't, he wouldn't be out there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they get there. I think I think they can get to some of those things, um, but you know you also talk about like some of the lack of explosiveness with them is is a lack of execution, and they just haven't been able to get to stuff. Um, you know, like the the interception that McCaffrey threw, you kind of look like for a second like they had the wheel route set up, and then you know protection breaks down and he gets hit and he gets picked off. Um, could could they get there? Yeah. Um, would I like to see them open things up a little bit more? Yes. Getting a, a fly sweep called for Xavier Betts or in the first half um, against Penn State, I think I thought was a really good sign. Um, there's been times this season where you could kind of question what Scott Frost is doing with his play calling, but for the most part, I think he's done really well. Um, and, you know, I'd like to see – a fly sweep to Wandale Robinson. We still haven't seen one of those. I'd like to see one of those, but I, I you know, I, I think as we move along, and this is kind of a product of all the youth, like they're they're gonna they're gonna get more comfortable and they're gonna be able to open things up a little bit more. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely think that we could see um, some some creativity more than just you know let's let's run the ball on first down, let's run inside zone on second down, and then see where we're at on third down. Derek Peterson is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, when you're looking at this game tomorrow, Huskers are, are the big favorite. So do you have any keys for the Huskers to get the win? And on top of that, do you have any keys uh, for the Huskers to get a win and get a win big uh, against the Illini tomorrow? Protect the football. Um, that, that's been a, a talking point from Ryan Held. Uh, it's been a, it was a talking point with, with Scott Frost Thursday. Um, Illinois got six forced fumbles on the year, and everybody will remember the five. Um, forced fumbles that, that Nebraska had against Illinois a year ago. Um, they got to protect the football. They got to, you know, <clears throat> make sure that they're maximizing their offensive possessions and not having those kind of, um, you know, drive killing mistakes. So that, you know, talking about penalties too here. Um, they, they played cleaner a week ago. Just keep that rolling. Just be clean with what you do. The, this Illinois defense is um, not great. <laughs> Not great on a, on a down-to-down basis, and, um, you know, it, it, it's a little bit better comparatively. If you listen to Brandon Vogel's podcast, you'd know that. Uh, it's a little better comparatively with, uh, you know, trying to defend big plays. Um, but this defense is kind of ripe for, you know, more creative offenses, um, more efficient offenses to kind of take advantage of them. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, if Nebraska's clean, and if Nebraska can win the turnover battle, um, I think they should be in, in good shape. Derek Peterson's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. The Varsity Club is Derek's podcast. It drops every Friday. It's fantastic. It's on the Herd at Media family network and, and where you get that, uh, HaleVarsity.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Check out Dr. Petey's work. Has great guests, great insight, great takes on things. So, Derek, um, with uh, Nebraska's running back room, I've got about uh, two and a half minutes here. Uh, interested in your thoughts with, you know, Coach Held, some of his thoughts last night. He feels really good where things are going. Uh, he kind of laid out some consistency issues with Ramir because, you know, the fan base is like, where's, where's Ramir at? Where's Ramir at? Uh, Morrison's been nice to see, or I should say Morrison's a guy that might be close to popping. Uh, Scott has had a few carries, and then you, you've kind of leaned on Wandale for sure. But overall, um, how, how have you felt about the run game for Nebraska based on their schedule? Has, has it lived up to what it, it's needed to live up to, or do you think there's uh, an explosion coming similar to, to last year? Um, I, I would probably lean more towards the the, the latter um, that that they still haven't kind of shifted in the gear, so to speak. Um, I, I think they I think they need you know I, 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 it's it's hard for me to put a finger on um, this start for Diedrich Mills, and I know like Jacob Padilla wasn't really sold on Mills being a, a bell cow kind of running back just because they said that they were going to do that. Um, with him later in the year last year, and it didn't it didn't materialize in the way that you thought it could, um, and that's been more of, of the same to start this season. And 
you know, I, I don't think we should make too much of them deciding that, hey, when Diedrich's not available to us, we're going to go with Wandale. It's kind of an in-the-moment thing. They want to get him the ball. Um, I thought, you know, they probably felt that, that was just an e- the easiest way to just force-feed him the football. I didn't have any issues with it. He was close to popping a couple of them. Um, you know, shoestring tackle here or there, getting his head ripped off on one play, would have had a touchdown, um, if not for that face mask. So I, I think... You know, there's plenty of opportunity left there. They need a little bit more consistency across the board. Um, but I think, you know, Held is, is optimistic about his room, and, and rightfully so. You know, Ramir, one, when you got five guys, one of them is going to get squeezed, right? Like, you can't they, – they, they can't play all five of those guys. Um, Scott looks good. They seem to be really excited about Fabian. I'm curious if he can get on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think, I think they're close. And you have to factor in the defenses that they've played, which are three really good ones. Derek Peterson's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine and Dr. PDHV. Derek will be uh, catching Nebraska, Illinois in the press box tomorrow. He'll have a review and a fantastic Monday column. HaleVarsity.com is where you read him. Dr. Petey, you have a good weekend. We'll bump into you tomorrow. Thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, always uh, appreciate you having me on. Thanks, bud. See you, man. There he is, Derek Peterson with us. HaleVarsity.com and Magazine and Dr. PDHV. That's where you find him on Twitter. We're here at the Mercado, uh, just north of 84th and Havelock, certified Piedmontese. Uh, Get that Manhattan roast ordered. Come by, check her out. We have some koozies and a couple of T-shirts left. Coach Jim Hansen's riding shotgun. We've got a mini ESPN Lincoln football. And uh, Anson, you're an O-line guy, so you block for people that carry these. Right. Yeah, I'm not. You, we don't. I always tell my linemen every year, if you touch the football, something has gone dramatically wrong with the play. <laughs> so don't think that you're going to touch anything that's with that. But speaking of touching, I wonder, you know, do you think if I just go over and take one of those things out and just start gnawing on it here do you think they'll notice that if i take a i think they will get the uh, the, the blow dart out and trank them <laughs> we'll be back uh winding through our one it's hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery he's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other now say my name it's schmitty on hail varsity radio i got the body of a taut Pre-teen Swedish boy. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. The Mercado is where we are at another Roadshow Friday. It is Rib Friday. I've got uh, good-sized prime rib and some short ribs ready to go for Thursday. But uh, get yourself the Manhattan Roast. If you got uh, friends and family rocking by, safely, of course. Thanksgiving sides, the Nana's Sicilian Stuffing. It serves four, and it might just be all four of my servings. I might take that home. <laughs> the beef bacon mac and cheese. Their beef bacon is undefeated. It, it is fantastic. Elijah Herbal ascending footage of Von Miller getting owned by Jeremiah Searles, and I love it. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty good play, and that was all on T-Magic throwing a punt up there. It wasn't Searle's fault. Yeah, no, uh, it wasn't necessarily Searle's fault. Martinez is off the back foot, but Searle's does a good job. It's one of those ones where as a lineman you say, 
I did a good job here. You just didn't trust your uh, your left tackle because he, he, Martinez throwing off the back foot as he tends to do uh, led to interception. But a, a decent rep from Searles. I was going back and watching the film because uh, after throwing a grenade like that, I had to go check check the film. You you did, and he's threatened your life, no doubt. And the long and short of it is, Von Miller was when did did Von go? What third overall to your donkeys? Second overall, he was one behind Cam. So yep. So Cam right. went first so overall. Cam the went, and then and then. And, and then Vaughn was number two. I don't remember who was right. number three, but and, there was... And yeah. Searles was a redshirt freshman. Vaughn Miller was, you know, whatever year he was, uh, junior. Does Elijah have, like, health coverage through ESPN? Through? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, he's going to need the full package as soon as Searles gets a hold of this. Oh, Searles yeah, doesn't... We, I, I, we, we may just burn the tape Nixon style. I, I know Chris has heard this story, but I did take one jujitsu class this summer, so I could be ready for a little self-defense if he, if he comes, af- comes after me. Whatever works, man. <laughs> so this is the play. It's a infamous day between Nebraska A&M 10 years ago and then Elway, Stanford, Cal. Let it fly, Elijah. Herman will probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rodgers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to go out of the Bears. The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. That was incredible. The California pitch play, the trombone player, got, oh, yeah. got rocked in the end zone, and now he's some sort of Silicon Valley guy that still is angry. So. Somebody you know probably works for him. And do you know how many youth football players are trying to look for band members at, you know, of a, they just, they want to find somebody to run through. Run through and run yeah, over. Exactly. Uh, start padding up and icing up if you're a band member. I'm not, an, I'm not anti-band. I think I love having bands at the game, but. Stay off the field. Stay off the field. You know where you were with the California pitch play when that happened? Uh, I was watching football that day, but I wasn't watching that game. Yeah, because they're both five and six teams. Right. No one cared. Right, except for Northern California. And your friend who tends bar down the road. I'm sure that was a bad beat. <laughs> yes, it was. So Yes, it was. Let's dive into a little Nebraska offensive line. We talked to Derek about this. Bill Dolman's coming up. Hanson, what do you think of, of Nebraska's O-line play? And I ask you because you've coached four decades of high school and you've been on the offensive line you've had kids go play at nebraska and, and other division one stops and other schools and right now you, you started off with ohio state ran for 220 yards you ran for 200 yards against northwestern yeah. and and then you, you got kind of s- squeezed by ben state who's clearly good their front seven where you, you had 95 yards in the second half so is the offensive line living up to being physical or are parts of the O-line physical? How are you viewing them here? They, they're, they're, they're the strength, they're supposed to be the strength of the offense. They're not hurting the offense, but could they be playing better? I think they've got a real opportunity 
to uh, to unload on somebody tomorrow. I think you're correct with that as well. And the other thing is, is that you you hear so much about what people are talking about with um, Scott and his style of offense when it was at UCF. People have to remember the Big Ten is a completely different cat. It's a different. It's different from the Big Twelve. It's different from anything else except maybe the SEC. And that it's is big boy football. It is big, ball. It's large, large Mammals. human beings that like to hit each other at high rates of speed. And you know, I can still remember when we could go to a Nebraska game. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the first time that uh, Northwestern was playing here. And I walked down by Nebraska. The, well, I walked down on the sideline, and I was shocked when I saw the size of their linemen. I said, "This is Northwestern. This is a bunch of you know smart pe- kids, pencil nerds, you know, and that." And by the way, they weren't nerds. And by the way, they're good. They, they won. They did twenty-eight, and twenty-five. I think we're starting to get back to that physicality, and you know, this is something we can always talk about. But and I say this all the time, and. I really don't care what people want to say, but football is about two things, blocking and tackling. And I don't care if that's at the Lincoln Youth football level or if it's at pros. It's blocking and it's tackling. And we're starting to improve on both of those realms. Now, does it help when you have fast guys and, and guys that can you know throw passes accurately and catch passes? Yes, it does. But still, you have to be able to control the line of scrimmage. And we haven't been able to do that in the past. We're starting to get back to that. And that's what I want to see tomorrow is that can we, well, how about this one? How about we don't shoot ourselves in the foot with a number of motion penalties and holding penalties? So if we get a ray for those and we can control the line of scrimmage, I'll be happy. You and... and 90,000 of your closest buddies will be happy with that. Illinois is a team that I have been impressed with at times. I like Hobbs. He's physical, and he tried to murder whoever went across the middle last year. <laughs> yes, I mean, that game was one of those where Nebraska was favored by 17 a season ago. You're sweating it out. You're like, are they going to lose to Illinois? Oh, my God, you know? And Nebraska found a way. But I think, I think Nebraska has a, a lot of respect for this league now by year three. And Illinois is a, a team that everyone just kind of like, yeah, they should be better. They're not. And then they go beat Wisconsin because Wisconsin didn't respect them last year. That's exactly so true. So I, I, is Nebraska – I don't think this team with their elder statesmen and even their young guys are at the point where – they broke their arm, patting themselves on the back, beating Penn State. I think they're right. relieved they got the win. They got a taste of winning. And now they want to go do it again and try and get some more momentum heading into Iowa. We'll wind down hour one. We're here at the Mercado. Certified Piedmontese north of 84th and Havelock. Come by, see us. Get those Thanksgiving sides. Get a uh, Manhattan roast for Turkey Day at Hale Varsity. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back one final time this hour. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Coach Jim Hansen, Elijah Herbal. We're at the Mercado, and it is uh, Rib Friday. Prime rib, of course, uh, short ribs. 
Get your Manhattan roast locked in for Thanksgiving, the perfect Thanksgiving centerpiece. The Mercado, north, 84, north of 84th and Havelock, uh, certified Piedmontese. Of course, the official uh, beef of the Huskers. And I want to remind you about your friends at West Blue Realty, westbluerealty.com. Get a, a phone call today to Tom Luby at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider at 402-202-2312. If you're moving in 2020 or thinking about it in 2021, West Blue Realty, uh, they specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. And uh, you mentioned Hale Varsity, get up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase, westbluerealty.com. Get an appointment today with Tom Luby or Kelly Hofschneider, 1120 K Street, Suite 200 is uh, where they're located. Jimbo, what do you got for scores here with uh, High School Championship Friday? Right now, our C2 score is uh, Ord, 21, Bergen, 7. The Bergen Fighting Markowskis. That's right, the Fighting Markowskis. Uh, seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Um, and I want to say that uh, I think that both of the D sco- uh, games are just getting ready to kick off. And I'm pretty sure that Pierce is, uh, Adam Central at Pierce is getting ready to kick off at 5 o'clock here. So, yeah, you know. Fighting Harrians. <laughs> it is. Not Harrians. Yep, yep. So, and you got, uh, of course, uh, Elkhorn South tonight. Coach Waller's up there with Elkhorn South. Yes, he is. Did an awesome job at North Star. And uh, Westside's loaded. They're phenomenal. They are. They are. And it's going to be. Is anyone going to touch Westside? Yes. I, I, I really think that Elkhorn South's got a great chance of beating them. Because is a mountain and they can run behind That's him. That's the thing. They can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And, you know, you do the little things like that and you can run it a little bit. I mean, yes, I know that Westside has a lot of weapons. They do. And they're, they're, they're a good line of scrimmage squad, too. Well, they are. But I, I if I'm going to pick between the two. Well, I'm what's take, the line? What's the line? I'd say it would be, uh, if I was going to have a line, it would be west side two and a half. Okay. Well, I, that's what I would say. Okay. Well, then so there are some crazies that have a line out there. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> You're not one of them. I've actually uh, found the line. Maybe. Chris, would you, would you like to find the, uh, hear the line I've found? Okay. Be careful. Now, my son just walked in here. So, All right. Yeah. TJ, yep, he just walked in. That's He's awesome. Working upstairs there, and so he might have a line. You, I mean, he might be West Side or Elkhorn South tonight. West Side. West Side. He, he just went Tupac on me and went West Side. Okay, so the, the TJ, uh, <laughs> former wideout, standout wide receiver for Pius X, uh, says that what are we saying? Nine and a half. West Side. Six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. <laughs> TJ says the line for West Side, as we have gone straight to the uh, gates of Hades, but talking about high school lines. Do you know uh, how, on Championship it, Friday? Do you know how proud my dad it would be, Grandpa would be right now that he would know his grandson's making <laughs> high school lines here and everything. <laughs> well, we, we'd always set lines for juniors' youth games, but we really suck. So uh, there we go. Okay, uh, hour two is coming up. Uh, reunion time with the uh, average Joe Sports Show. Uh, Godfather Bill Dolman, Jim Hansen, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity from the Mercado continues hour two presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Friday. It is rib Friday. Come check out a prime rib or short ribs or things that have bones in them. I mean, what a selection of meat for you to uh, spice up that Thanksgiving. The Manhattan Roast is something on my mind for you to come check out here at the Mercado north of 84th and Havelock with certified Piedmontese, the official beef of the Huskers. Thanksgiving sides to get. Nana's Sicilian stuffing. Grandma's stuffing might be great. Mom's might be edible. Your mother-in-law's, you might want to set on fire. The point is, uh, Nana's Sicilian stuffing needs to walk out with you when you get to the Mercado. The beef bacon is the best thing you'll ever taste in your life, period. And they have it with mac and cheese. Get to the Mercado. He is wearing a throwback, it might be Montana's jersey, but a throwback Notre Dame, the emerald green and gold jersey. Jim Hansen is with us, and we welcome in the godfather of the Average Joe's Sports Show Mafia. The pride of Fairbury is Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. Bill, meet Jim. Jim, meet Bill Dolman. Man, it is like meeting a, a blast from the past. I mean, you sent me that picture of uh, Hanson wearing his uh, Mbop number three jersey. I figured, man, what a, what a tremendous salute it is to the great uh, Notre Dame quarterback, uh, Daryl LaMonica of the early 1960s. Or, or perhaps uh, my good friend Darius Walker, who also wore number three. But otherwise, I really can't think of any other quarterback, perhaps Ron Paulus. But nobody at Notre Dame ever wore number three that was any good other than those guys that I can recall. You you know that you just bought yourself about a thousand years in purgatory because of that, <laughs> because of what you said about Joe Montana. I didn't say anything about Joe Montana, but anyway. <laughs> guys, it's a good little reunion we got going. Uh, just a quick update on the Golden Window Classic. For Nebraska basketball uh, might be scrapped. The uh, Nebraska will likely play five non-conference games. San Francisco is going to replace St. Bonaventure at the Mohegan Sun. St. Louis checked out. They're having their own tournament. LSU said we're going there. So uh, Nebraska is down to Shadron State and Nevada currently. Well, it was a great idea while it lasted. We'll see if there's basketball next week for the Big Red. Billy D, I want to get your thoughts on football. Hanson, you jump in here. Elijah, you too. Bill, what's tomorrow about? We, we asked you this question last week with Penn State. I'm interested to get your take on Nebraska, Illinois, what you think you'll see. Well, no, I, we have to go back to the basketball thing. Uh, it's my understanding that the, uh, the downtown Y is closing. There should be a whole lot of guys who are looking for a men's league game. They don't play in front of anybody anyway. So why don't you get a whole bunch of the downtown YMCA All-Stars to put a team together, take them down to PBA. They're going to have a home court advantage because, like I said, they never play in front of anybody. So let's just get those guys together. And if uh, if Shadron State or Nevada 
and the Fighting Alford should bow out, then you got another team that could play and just turn PBA into the new downtown Y. Easy enough. Easy enough. I love the idea. What are those teams that right. you always travel around? I don't mean the Washington Generals. I mean, like, Pella Window. Doesn't oh, Pella yeah, yeah. Window, like, sponsor a team that goes, like, everywhere and plays games? Can't we find them? Bill, sure. what were the, I, what were the, what were the yeah. games called that the, uh, God, what was it, the something classic every December where the Meredith uh, classic. Texas Pan Am would roll in and, and yeah. Paul Geist would go for 40. Right. Yeah, it was the Emeritus Classic. Yes, yes, the Emeritus <laughs> Classic. Right. Yeah. So why don't you just go down uh, down to Van Dorn and get some money out of those guys? <laughs> oh, yeah, Good. that's right. They're probably not around either anymore. Well, let's get to football. Discouraging right. for Nebraska hoops, but uh, does Nebraska blow out Illinois, or is this thing close tomorrow or somewhere in between? It better not be close. Uh, this better not be a Nebraska football team that is resting on its laurels after, you know, unfortunately surviving. I mean, it's great that we won. Don't get me wrong. But it, it, it was really disappointing to see the inability to get anything going in the second half offensively. And then, yeah, you've got the win. There's reason to celebrate. And it was great to see Scott excited and, say, you know, re- understanding and relating how important it was for the players and for the team and for the state and all that. Yeah, it was an incredibly important uh, victory. But it can't be one of those things like, well, we won a game. Now let's see what we can do next week. No, it's got to be we have to do it again next week. There's got to be, with every positive step, there's got to be a hunger to have another one. And another one, it can't be, there can't be satisfaction in this Nebraska football program now. Um, you know, once you come back on Sunday or Monday, I mean, it's got to be a renewed hunger um, that's on display. And, you know, the thing that's discouraging, uh, again, I go back to it, and it's been a, it's been a problem, not, not just this year, uh, in this exhibition season, you know, the second half problems. And, you know, look, I, I go back, I go back to the days. And, you know, when you would watch a Tom Osborne coach team, and Scott certainly knows this because he was part of those, uh, those players, it was like, you know, watching a four-chapter novel being read over the course of a game. I mean, what happened in the first quarter, you know, had an impact on what was happening in the, in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, everything built on itself uh, to a conclusion, and it was all part of one big narrative. And, you know, we started to lose that with, you know, the four-year case of the flu and, and then, uh, you know, the other offensive coordinators who didn't understand that. And you're, you've got, like, four short stories. And I think that we see that. I think that we see Nebraska come out strong and, and look pretty good for the first couple of the series. And then it's like, okay, now what do we do? You know, back in the day, you knew what was going to happen in the fourth quarter. And instead of it being 69-6, to six, being outscored in the second half, we were outscoring other teams 69-6 to six because everything in the first quarter built onto the fourth, and we don't see that now. And now is the time against an opponent like Illinois that you have to have a much stronger conclusion than you do at the beginning. And, you know, this also needs to be one of those games like it used to be back in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s when you'd get to the second half and you start to see the second and third teamers coming in and who... Who was it that made a living back in the, gosh, it was the 70s or 80s that was an eye back, and he would have 
5,000 yards against Kansas every year. He didn't play any other game, but it was he'd have like career day against Kansas, and he was always. Calvin Jones is still scoring against Kansas. Yeah, but it was uh, Craig Johnson out of Omaha Craig West Johnson. Side that used to have those uh, have those days. It, it was, was. Like he always had, and we you need know, to have we need to find out who our Craig Johnson is tomorrow. We need to get that. And I'll tell you this, not not that I would do this, but the over under is fifty nine and a half tomorrow, it and it better hit over, and it better <laughs> hit over by half. Well, I'd say by the end of the third quarter. There's your gambling tip, Billy D. Well, I can remember games back in the day where we'd have our third and fourth teamers in there in the second quarter and then have to put the starters back in because those guys got tired. <laughs> you know, that was that's what it was like back in the day. I don't expect that, but you have to have that hunger that, that, that you, you just don't see. Now it's like, you win a game and you're satisfied. Well, let's you know who do we play next week and let's hope we have a good game. That just cannot be the way it is. I mean, these games have to be predicates for next year. I mean, that's how important these games are. And I mean, I think this is one of the most important games of Scott's tenure, to be honest with you, because this is one. And I know they're coming off of what a come from behind win last week, Illinois, but this is one where Nebraska has to play well and has to finally dominate an opponent. And I don't think we have seen that, but this is one of those games where you're coming off of a win, you survived in the end, and now you've got to have the hunger to do it for four quarters and win a game comfortably and win it big. I mean, I I don't think you can have one of these Northwestern-type games where you you, you come back and you win 21-13. to There's got to be some dominance shown at some point. Bill, all eyes tomorrow will be on Luke McCaffrey in his second career start. Um, what did you think of his performance last week against Penn State, and what are you expecting to see uh, tomorrow against Illinois? You know, I thought I, I, I thought I saw a – I know he was excited. I think I read where he, you know, slept like an hour the night before and, and, you know, and was really nervous. But I thought as the game went on, I thought he settled down. Now, I got nervous there in the, the late in the, the game when – you know, he fumbled the ball out of bounds and then comes back and then you know has the ball batted and it's intercepted. Um, I'm I'm a little surprised that he doesn't have a, doesn't appear to have I should say doesn't have appeared appear to have a lot of arm strength. But I thought that you know I I thought that he played with poise and confidence as the game went on and that he was sure of himself. And I thought that was there were a lot of positives about his performance especially given the fact that they won the game i think if nebraska ends up losing the game and you know the defense allowed the floodgates and penn state scores even though it may not have been on him i I'm, i think that would have made this week a little bit more difficult but, but the fact that he started played reasonably well didn't have gaudy numbers by any stretch of the imagination but got a victory i, I think that he makes some great strides going in to this week um and i think that they've handled him pretty well to this point Hey, Bill, I got a question for you. Since uh, you're this big, highfalutin national guy now, what do you think? I mean, we, we keep hearing more and more games being canceled, more and more. Th- are we even going to get a chance to finish the season? How is it? How, what do you think it's going to be like at the end? I think that I think it's going to get completed. I think it's going to be pretty disjointed, and I don't know what. Have, what did I see earlier today? There's like a dozen 
games that have been uh, canceled or something like that for for this weekend. But might be uh, up I think to 15. The, yeah. 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 I, I, it seems like there's like one an hour today that's been added to the list. But I, I think that they're they've come this far. Uh, and, and I think that you're going to, what, have like four more games, five more games left, and then you're going to s- sneak into the playoff and there's going to be fewer teams playing. I, I think it's going to happen. Um, th- there's a lot of money that's involved, you know, I, and I know that's not the most important thing, but you've got some, you know, TV rights and contracts and you've got some schools and programs and, and whatnot that, that really need that money to, to, to continue to come in in some way, shape, or form. So I, I would imagine that they're going to do everything that they can do to uh, get as many games together. But I don't think you're going to see uh, a wholesale uh, cancellation of the season should we get into the 1st of December. I, th- I think when you start to see, you know, the playoff picture get a little more um, in, in uh, clear, I, I think that's going to be people start to see the finish line and sprint to the finish. We only got about uh, three minutes here. I need a score prediction, and then I need a Bill Dolman story about sidetracks as the beloved Joyce passed away earlier this week. Well, I'm looking at the numbers here, and you said 59 and a half for the uh, for the overs, and and uh, I think Nebraska covers that on its own, uh, probably right on the dot. But it, Nebraska is also uh, a 15 and a half favorite, so. Uh, you do the math on that, so the 15 and a half, 59 and a half. So I, I, uh, I would, I, I think Nebraska's going to win it, and I do think it's going to be a good four, four quarter game for Nebraska. So I'm just going to combine everything, and instead of subtracting the 15 and a half, I'm going to give Nebraska another 15 and a half. So that looks to me like, uh, by my math, like a 83 to seven. Dolman says 83 to seven. Uh, a sidetracks memory or two before we say goodbye? Well, you know, it, I, I first met Joyce, I think, when she was playing uh, with Pat Glenn, when the sidetrack okay. was actually down in the Haymarket area, not uh, not on O Street. I mean, that, 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 that dates me back to the days when uh, I was a little kid uh, hanging out with uh, Cliff Rigg and Shirley Rigg and Pat Glenn and the wonderful Glenn family that uh, Glenn, is one of the right? yeah. best people. Uh, the best family in Lincoln, um, and I can remember being in smoke-filled bars and listening to piano bar music when I was a kid, and those are some of the best days of my life, and that's the first time I met Joyce, and then, uh, you know, obviously she became a, a Nebraska legend, and, you know, I was thinking she's 84 years old and when she passed away, and, you know, that's a good long life, and when you think about Nebraska being the home of the good life, uh, she she's one of the reasons why Uh, there are so many people that have so many wonderful memories of just having fun and enjoying you know a nebraska institution and you know hoping that she'd sing their hometown a name when uh you know she'd sing fairbury nebraska usa uh you know the thing about the sidetrack is you think people would have memories but you know usually by by midnight on those nights that you were there those memories were forgotten but uh it just you know she she's just was a part of the good life that you know people outside the borders just wouldn't understand but we do and uh it's a state that you know loved her for it for many many years and that that is a good life led and that's all we can ever hope for that's awesome bill dolman pride of fairberry nbc sports about 30 seconds hansen i'll let you say goodbye we'll do it again so you can say hi to billy d you know william we wish we were you were back here but 
we'll take the radio part of it. We hope everything goes well. Have a good uh, Thanksgiving. Everything else. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Jim, it's good to talk to you. And I still remember that virtual tour you gave me of the Notre Dame campus on the phone one day when I was doing I a did. game there. Still one of the great uh, memories of my life. <laughs> Bill, we'll talk next week, buddy. Thanks for the time. All right. Go Big Red. There he is. Pride of Fairberry's Bill Dolman will get a Hanson story about the sidetrack bar coming up. We have an official number from Elijah on the Class A championship game tonight when it comes to over, under, and point spread. And some final thoughts. Don't forget, Clausburn's coming up with the Friday forecast. We're here at the Mercado, certified Piedmontese just north of 84th and Havelock on Hale Varsity. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow Friday here at the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, the official beef of the Huskers. And we're just north of 84th and Havelock. They're open 10 to 7 every day. And that means if you want a little change up from the turkey next Thursday, do it. Come get their Manhattan roast. Get the mother of all Thanksgiving sides, Nana's Sicilian stuffing, beef bacon, Mac and cheese, incredible uh, assorted breads. Of course, uh, plenty of uh, beef stock. Summer sausage is incredible. And uh, the coach with me here, Jim Hansen, longtime O-line guru for Pius X. Elijah Herbal back at our studios. We're talking Nebraska, Illinois, and uh, excited uh, about Nebraska trying to get that consistency thing hammered down we'll get uh, a couple of thoughts out of the way friday forecast is coming up clausburn will join us we'll make our weekend picks with the college slate and then we'll talk a little bit of joyce and sidetracks here in a moment but uh what what this kind of comes down to me coach is is this when nebraska talks about opening things up you're going to have a second start for for luke you're going to have a little bit more comfort for luke you're going to have another uh, game for, for Xavier Betts, who you guys took on this year, or I should say last year. Last year, mm-hmm. that's what I meant. And, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that would have been something. Uh, but really, uh, Nebraska, it, it's about Nebraska tomorrow. It's about Nebraska's offensive line getting physical and teeing off. And they've preached and preached and preached ball security. I think why Nebraska wins this thing and may get hovering around the cover number is just because they'll they'll be able to take that step forward, lay into Illinois, be the more physical football team. And I still think, honestly, they remember last year's scare where Illinois physically beat them up, ripped the football away four out of five times, and it took an amazing performance by Adrian uh, to, to squeak that thing out 42 to 38. So I think there's there's history. I think there's respect for Illinois. And when it comes to turnovers, Nebraska and Frosty are 9-2 and two when they win the turnover battle. I don't know how much rain we're going to get tomorrow, but it's going to be ground and pound. And let's see some play action. Let's see some of the young wideouts. Let's see some downfield uh, uh, attempts that are successful because this offense needs to grow and, and, and maybe – add uh, another wrinkle or two of confidence and success 
by the time Black Friday rolls around with Iowa. Yeah, and, and the other thing is is you're getting a chance to play again at home. Mm-hmm. And so you've got two games in a row. You start to get that consistency. Your execution, you're able to do the things that you do well. And, and that's what I want to be They're able to do. They're still trying to find what they do well, as young as they are. Right. Well, it better become a little bit more evident. And they're really not that young anymore going into a fourth game. Right, right. That's true. And all the practices that you've been able to have, you know, sometimes yes, sometimes no, but you've been able to put those together and, and have that. So let's talk a little bit here about uh, sidetracks and Joyce and uh, a lot of folks have spent time there, had spent time there, uh, and it was just uh, a, a, a Nebraska staple. I know when I was working in South Dakota, I'd come back uh, and I'd catch up with Cranack and some buddies from college, and we'd hit the sidetrack bar. And the, the pregame was great. The postgame was wonderful. And then Sunday morning was not. But the point of the story is it was fun. It was camaraderie. It was song. And it was a big-time Nebraska fan. You, like Goldman, go back a ways with knowing uh, Joyce and the sidetrack crew. And I'm sure you uh, are, are sad but still smiling with memory. Oh, absolutely. And the first thing i got to say is, is that now my grandkids, Maverick and Gloria, they're listening in Columbus on the mighty 900. 900. Yep. And so they don't know about Grandpa and having when he used to be down at the sidetrack. When Grandpa would get it going. <laughs> That's true. So there was a Friday night, and Nebraska was playing Kansas the next day. And so my roommate and I, we go down and, and we get into the sidetrack. That's when it was down in the Haymarket down there, kind of like where Laszlo's is okay. now. And we walk in, and there's a state patrolman in there. But it's not a Nebraska like state the, patrol. The, the oh yeah, Enos hat. The hats the on. Bill. Okay. The hats on. There's a firearm holster loaded. He's got the badge. He's just standing there. And then there's a whole table full of people with coats and ties and everything. So my roommate and I walk over, and we're like, you know, we we find one of the persons that's in the coat and tie. It's like. What's, what's, what's the state patrol What's going guy on doing? in this? And he's like, well, it's the governor of Kansas. Okay. And I go, who, Bob Dole? No, he's a senator. This is John Carlin. I go, okay. really? And, uh, Not George Carlin. No, nope, okay. John Carlin. And so we're like, uh, hey, you know. Can so, we- the, so, so the governor's kicking it at the sidetrack. With his bodyguard that's the, the state patrol, patrol you know, body. from, Can- from yeah. Kansas. So we're like, hey. Can we buy him a drink? And they're like, this is all on the Kansas dime. The, the state of so Kansas dime. So can you dime. buy us a drink? That's what we asked next, <laughs> which we did get one. And, 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 and Nebraska should have spent uh, hundreds that night buying them drinks for what was coming the next day. Uh, they enjoyed they themselves. Annihilated. Well, they did. And, you know, the everything. Team, I mean. Well, here's the thing. Uh, that table was kind of reserved. And then. You know, we watched and we walked around a little bit. We came back and then they're all up dancing and, you know, following Joyce. And she's getting them all up and rowdy and everything. But that state patrolman, he wasn't messing around. And nobody got close to Carlin or whatever. 
and he was on patrol the whole night. <laughs> so they had a lot of fun, and everybody at the bar had a lot of fun, and uh, the next day, <laughs> Nebraska had a lot of fun. So <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. It that's, was awesome. That's pretty good. Well, uh, thoughts and prayers to the family, but uh, it's been on a lot of Nebraska fans' minds because who doesn't have a sidetrack story? There'll, be, there'll never be another place like that. No? Never. I remember as a kid with my dad where after Nebraska basketball games, he'd take us you know, to Barry's yeah. and, and the old pit, and Danny'd be down there throwing oh. Budweiser's with everybody. And, you know, the Danny Knee years were just incredible because dad, uh, his company had, you know, rebounders seats and parking uh, a little bit too late in my opinion because there were a lot of frozen gravel walks seven trains later let's get into the vanny but the long and short of it is i mean there those times where you go to a place like that you hear about devaney in the legion club you hear about uh knee and and being at berries and then the the, the folks who came into town would go to sidetracks you know when i and, used- and of course the other, you know, 1.9 million Nebraska fans would all try and squeeze into that joint. When I used to teach over at Pius and I had mm-hmm. English class and I would always have one creative writing assignment, you know, a year. And I would always tell me about the first time you ever went, you know, with a parent or someone to a Nebraska game or a tailgate yeah. or you had it at home. And I, you get Dude, you the probably got best some awesome stories. stories. Oh, my goodness. They were awesome. And kids love doing that. And. You know, that's the one really disappointing thing about this year is that you're not going to be able to have that, that those stories those of moments. Like, like you being able to take Junior to a game mm-hmm. and being able to do that. Now, hopefully that's going to come next year, but it ain't this year. Well, and like my, my first experience with Junior and he's gone to. Uh, he goes to a lot of the games. He's, you know, somehow brainwashed into being a Michigan State puke. So Papa Al will take him when Sparty plays here. But my, my mom and dad took Carson and the grandkids to, uh, we got a picture of it, to his first game when he was probably four or five, right? Yeah. So there's there's a picture of them in the, in, in the stands. And, you know, Carson's first, first game game was, I took him to the spring game. And this was probably it was it was the the Jack Hoffman run spring game. Really? So Carson was probably five or six. Yeah. So we go hit Lazari's downtown. Yeah. On O Street, and then we we get to the game, and Uncle Andy comes with us, and we had a great time. And it's yeah, but that's that's so important the pre and the post games with family and loved ones and friends, and as yeah. you grow up with it. That's just it. And I'll never forget, like, Army crawling through the old West Stadium opening to get to our West Balcony seats. Oh, my goodness. And first game was Nebraska-Arizona State in 87. And then you sell a bunch of popcorn, so you're playing midget football, so you can go to see Barry Sanders in 88. Yes. Right? Get off your ass and pull your wagon around, you know, (laughs) the last few minutes instructions. Hit the neighbors up. Go see Barry, right? That was what my dad was telling me. And then the first Oklahoma game was in in 91 with Musburger and Vermeil on the call. And it's just, you know, we still uh, have cold feet from that one. Yeah. And it's Calvin Jones counter for the win. Nebraska gets to go 
play Miami in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Here's your award. <laughs> Here's your award. I remember it. There was when uh, I had a, a a time. Now I couldn't go. I mean, well, I at that time I was still you know I was coaching at Pius yeah, and yeah. everything. But when I was at the university uh, and I started in '81, there was a 10-year period that I went to every Nebraska Oklahoma game home and away. And it was it's a lot of awesome. tears. Yes. Because this time of year, we're talking November 20th-ish, is Nebraska-Oklahoma prime. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 the this vicinity you're playing, Barry. And yeah. it was going to either be the, the best game and night ever or you're so close. Because Have you ever been to Norman for a game? Yeah. Well, yeah. Junior was down in Norman for a, a basketball camp, and I sent a picture to Coach Switzer. Carson was standing next to... To, to, to Barry's statue. And I was like, Coach, Junior's down, you know, your neck of the woods. He's like, well, hell, Chris, come over for something other than iced tea. But, you know, better not. I'm like, well, I'm not bringing my wife over to your place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was back here. He was down in Norman for, for basketball camp. But Barry lives right on campus. Oh, so. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, th- th- that's that's so good. Yeah. Great times. So uh, a lot of... A lot of kind thoughts here. Friday forecast is coming up here on Hale Varsity Radio. We are here at the Mercado, uh, certified Piedmontese. We have been lucky enough to be out here the last few Fridays, just north of 84th and Havelock Avenue. It's an incredible butcher shop. It's a neighborhood spot for you. Uh, you want brats, you want kielbasa, you want chops and steaks, and uh, they have some incredible salmon as well. Get on out here, the Mercado Certified Piedmontese. Clausburn, the forecast up next on Hale Varsity. Radio.com app, anytime, anywhere. Listen to more than 300 stations along with more than 3,000 podcasts from your home area or across the U.S., all free. With the Radio.com app. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back to you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, the coach. Jim Hansen is with us today. We're at the Mercado here at Certified Piedmontese, North 84th, uh, and uh, just north of Havelock, 10 to 7. Open every day. Get that Thanksgiving side. Get that Thanksgiving beef to go with your turkey, turkey, turkey. And uh, the uh, good news is it's almost uh, almost Friday night. It It is is. Friday night for some of you. (laughs) So we are going to get into uh, the Friday forecast. So Clausburn swallowed two balloons yesterday. It's paying off a debt. We are, we are efforting Clausburn. Now, we do have some scores from high school games. Give me a couple of scores. The Fighting Markowskis of Ord. The Ord claim- Chanticleers won their first state football championship in school history. They ended up beating Fremont Bergen 28-7. They're the C2 champions this year. Uh, in the first quarter, Dundee County Stratton is okay. up 6-0 on Burwell. Don't worry, Burwell will come back. They always do. And Sand Hills Thedford is up 6-0 on BDS. Bruning Davenport-Shickley. Okay. And, oh, uh, Pierce, 
No kidding. Pierce is up 7-0 on Adams Central. Okay. And you got uh, Westside going at it with Elkhorn South. And Aurora at Elkhorn tonight. That's throwback. Elkhorn and Aurora, really good football Do you know that both of those teams were in different divisions last year? Aurora played for the C1 championship, and Elkhorn was in Class A last year. Elkhorn was, they've always been tough. Wartman's really good. He's great. Okay, uh, let's get Elijah Herbal's take. Is Clausburn in uh, surgery? He must be. Uh, I'm getting all the rings, but I'm not getting an answer. I'm going to voicemail, so. <laughs> That's fine. Well, Claus, don't swallow multiple balloons. Uh, don't be a mule. Okay, let's uh, get into the Friday forecast. Picks sure to go wrong. We have Jim Hansen with us. We'll get things started off here. Uh, Cincinnati minus seven uh, at Central Florida. I don't like this number. I do like Cincinnati and, and Coach Fickle. Cincinnati is uh, going to get out uh, of Dodge with a win, but uh, not a cover. Uh, give me Cincinnati 38-35 over uh, Central Florida. Coach? You know, now, first thing, if you weren't going to have Clausburn, I could have called the commish, Mark Stoley. He's ah. the commish. He would have been on. He, he'd be able to give you a few things as well. Just remember that. Um, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, this is the last home game for uh, Central Florida. Um, you know, uh, Cincinnati's played three home games prior to this. This is their, their last on-the-road game. And I just think that that's uh, – I, I like it being uh, – I would take the over, over under 63-and-a-half. I, I like Central Florida to cover. Okay. Do you, need a, do you need a score, or can I just say that I think that – I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. One thing about Cincinnati – Got a great defense. They play ball, and they're you know Central Florida is really talented. I think they'll they'll cover, but it's going to be a great game. Elijah, give me a score. What do you got? I got uh, Cincinnati forty, UCF thirty one. We hear so much. We heard from Bill, or uh, excuse me, not Bill. We heard from uh, Brad earlier in the week that good offense, good defense, good offense usually wins. Uh, I'm going to disagree with them. I'm going to go with the good defense. Cincinnati forty thirty one win or forty to thirty. Excuse me, win and cover. Let's get into a Big Ten ball. Wisconsin minus seven and a half at Northwestern. Northwestern, uh, the one team that has had Wisconsin's number seven and a half. Wisconsin should get it handled. I think they do, but I think it's a uh, the hook is in favor of Northwestern. So that seven and a half is the difference. I think it's going to be a, a 24-17 ball game with Wisconsin winning, but Northwestern covering. Hanson, what do you got? Do you know what Northwestern does when they're going to play a, a big-time They're team growing like that? the grass like the British Open Rock. Exactly. It's going to be Northwestern 24, Wisconsin 20. Okay. Hanson says Northwestern the outright win in the West Division title. They are going to win the game. More likely. Elijah, what do you got? I got Wisconsin win, but they're not going to cover that 7.5. Uh, give me Wisconsin 20, Northwestern 14. Low-scoring game. Indiana is at Ohio State. That number is probably pretty fair. I think Ohio State covers. Indiana shows well, but too much Buckeyes. 42-21. to 21. The half-point cover for Ohio State. They get it handled. They stay unbeaten. Hanson, what do you like? 
Ohio State is 0-5 against Indiana the last five times they played them at home. Covering. And Indiana is 7-2 the last nine games against Ohio State. And that is when Indiana wasn't very good. Or didn't have a defense. They're going to go. It's, this is going to come down to the last series of the game. You think it's going to be that tight? I think it's, it's going to be that tight. for Ohio State. It is. Okay. It is. And I think it's because what you said earlier today, and that is, I don't think that they respect them. Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State respects Indiana. And they're going to come out, and I think it's going to be down to the wire. Elijah, what do you got? I'm going to disagree with you. East has that, or uh, Indiana has that uh, lead in the uh, Big Ten East right now. Ohio State knows they need to uh, to go in and beat them and beat them uh, big to get the attention of everybody in the country. The college football playoff. Uh, so I'm going to take Ohio State 51 and uh, give me Indiana 24. Wow, big win right. for Ohio State. It's okay. We'll go with it. Uh, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma bedlam time. And uh, the boys in Norman favored over the Cowboys, minus seven. Uh, common opponent, uh, many, but I think of the Texas game, and Texas walked into Stillwater and had to have it, and they got it. I think Oklahoma's offense just too much. Uh, now is the OU defense able to stop Chuba? I don't know. Give me Oklahoma the win here and the cover, 41-31, I guess. I like, I like the Sooners in this one. Hanson? The last four games, Oklahoma's averaged 52 points. The last four games, they've averaged 52 points. I, if I'm going to pick a score, I'll say Oklahoma 59, Oklahoma State 23. So it's just a beatdown. It's going to be a beatdown. <laughs> it is. Elijah, what do you got here? Uh, Cowpokes or Sooners? I'm with you, too. This Oklahoma team is different than they were at the beginning of the year. Rattler's playing like uh, the quarterback you expect him to be coming into the season. Uh, I'll take Oklahoma to win in cover uh, with you, too. 38-28, Oklahoma gets the win. Okay, a little bit of time here for Nebraska. Illini, Nebraska wins. Nebraska takes a step forward. Nebraska does not cover. 35-24, to the Huskers win but don't cover tomorrow. Jim. Nebraska 44, Illinois 20. Okay. They so are going to take care of it. The, the win in cover says Hanson for Nebraska and the Illini. What do you got for us, Elijah? Uh, I don't know if I'm, uh, I'm as high on the Huskers. Uh, the, the 15 and a half seems like a lot. I think it's going to be double digits. Uh, so give me Huskers 38 and give me Illinois 24. 14 point win for the Huskers, but no cover. Clonsborne somewhere. We're wondering uh, what happens between Penn State and Iowa. We'll uh, just leave it there. We've got to quick, take a quick timeout. Back to wrap up uh, one final moment here at the Mercado with Hale Varsity. Roadshow Friday presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Roadshow Friday here at the Mercado. Certified Piedmontese, the official beef of the Huskers. And uh, just north of 84th and Havelock, the coach, Jim Hansen, wearing his throwback Joe Montana jersey. Notre Dame can't lose this weekend. 
True. They are waiting on Mac Brown in North Carolina. That'll be an awesome game next weekend. Reminder about buckling up. Nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense and any crash is buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety office. Elijah Herbel's back at the studio. Reminder, weekend edition tomorrow morning ahead of Nebraska, Illinois, 7 to 9 a.m. Myself, Mark Cranach. We will uh, get ready. And uh, good stuff today from Bill Dolman, the Friday forecast, Derek Peterson. Uh, We talked uh, a lot about uh, those uh, pre and post games at the sidetrack. It was good times and a lot of Nebraska football thoughts here. Uh, Real quick, Jimbo, are you all over Iowa tomorrow or are you thinking Penn State breaks through? You know, if you look at the points, everybody it, it looks like, oh, everybody's got to take Iowa. Take Iowa. <laughs> well, that means take Penn State. And they're at home, and their backs are against the wall. And, you know, I, I would say I think Penn State, I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. I think it'll be one of those 21-17 type ball games. So yes. We do this every Friday. It's a steak and a beer bet. I had reeled off six in a row against Elijah Herbal. <laughs> That's six steaks and six beers until the uh, two-and-a-half-point number. We went to the film. We went to the tape, and I took Arizona, but they didn't kick the extra point. So uh, Elijah is taking a beer time. We're on even footing. Who are we uh, betting? Yeah, I'm looking at that Sunday night football game uh, between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Raiders got the first one. It should be a fun one. Chiefs are favored by eight points. We're going to make that clear here just now so we don't have to go to the tape uh, on Monday. Eight. So, Casey's, I'm taking – who do you want? Uh, I, if you are confident in something, I will let you take it this time. Uh, give me Oakland and uh, Vegas. Give me Vegas and eight. Okay, I'll take the Chiefs to win by more than eight. Yeah, I'm happy, I'm, I'm happy with either bet because I think eight's going to be about right. Um, but I, I think the Chiefs have got they to respond. They got dismantled by, Oak, by L.A. Or, look, son of a bee. They need to stay in one location for more than 15 years. Yeah, but the thing is, is... Give me the fighting Chuckies to win, and I'll take the eight points in Vegas. I know they're COVID-ridden and ravaged, but they'll be all better, and um, they'll breathe heavily on Kansas City. Do you think it will matter that the Raiders did the victory lap around... Uh, is that Arrowhead? Uh, Arrowhead. Arrowhead, yeah, afterwards, and that, you know, do you think there's any motivation for... There's, there's lots. The well, I, think, I think Gruden's pretty pretty good at what he's doing. I, he I think the motivation here for the uh, for the Chiefs is that they've already lost one to the Raiders this year. It's a divisional game. I mean, you can't let the Raiders go win two because they're going to beat the Broncos twice, and they can at least split with uh, the Chargers, which, I mean, the Raiders are not having a bad season. It could be close. The Chiefs have got to step up and get a win here. Give me uh, Chucky and eight. All right. We'll see if I owe you a steak and a beer. Hanson, this was fun. Awesome. Thanks for inviting me anytime. And remember, you can get all of your Notre Dame National Championship paraphernalia through me this year, the 2021 National Champions. Keep waiting. Talk to you (laughs) tomorrow morning at 7 on Hale Varsity. (laughs) 